Thank you for checking out this special bonus episode of Agreeable Disagreements, where Andrew and I basically are just recycling stuff that's been cut from our most recent episode, which went on for way too long. Really, we just discuss Star Trek and have a debate about who's the better captain, Kirk or Picard. And then he brings up some feedback that a lot of listeners apparently think that I'm fairly leftist myself, and I take issue with that. And I'll explain that in this bonus clip. So make sure that you listen through to the end. Thank you for listening in the first place. And have a great night. Or day. Or whatever. I don't know when you're listening to this. So I just, uh, very recently, within, you know, the last hour or so, finished uh, reading Patrick Stewart's memoir. And it was fantastic. Isn't it called, like, Make It So? Isn't, it's called know. Make It So, which is a reference to, I mean, that's a classic uh, Jean-Luc Picard line. Uh, but I have been a lifelong Star Trek fan, especially the next generation. So uh, this was, um, I, so I read a lot of memoirs. Sure. Especially of, you know, uh, celebrities, comedians mostly, but celebrities that I have like, you know, some kind of parasocial connection with um this has by far been the best one it's it was such a phenomenal book and such a uh um just gave me a lot of new insight on an actor that i've loved my entire life um but had never really you know uh known a lot about and and his life intersects with so many different you know, comedian or not comedians, but other uh, celebrities and actors, and um, well, when you're Patrick freaking Stewart, Sir Patrick freaking Stewart, Patrick freaking Stewart, you're absolutely right. How yeah. dare I yeah. forget his order? His his honorific, honorific. That's the word. <laughs> or or emol- is is that what emoluments are? Is that is that like the whole emoluments thing where like giving people see. titles of nobility? No. An emolument or emoluments is just a salary, fee, or profit from employment or office. Oh, uh, okay. Wasn't there a thing though about Trump uh violating the emoluments clause by like wanting to like knight his children or something? I don't know. Or maybe that was just about having his children work for him. That might be, it might be working for him. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know about knighting. That's not something we do. Yeah. No, but (laughs) do you think that would matter to him? Maybe. Like, oh, now that you're the president, you can give your children these uh, titles of nobility. Do you think that would at all Donald disinterest you're, you're him? Donald, you're, you're the best knight in shining armor ever. I hereby grant you Duke of Hoboken. <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel like that's a demo, a demotion instead of a promotion. Oh, Eric is just happy to have the attention. But Hoboken? Yeah. Oh, man. 
There are worse places in Jersey. I, it, it's just the fact that it's Jersey. Well, yeah. We're sorry could, to the one You know what? Listener. It could be, you're the Baron of West Orange. <laughs> We're sorry to the one listener we have who is in Jersey. I, I know, who, who understands that reference. I was just there, so I got a little bit of a lay of the <laughs> land, but trust me, um... I don't even know if Hoboken is better than West Orange. I um, I, I will trust you because I haven't been out there at all. Yeah, they're both at least better than Clifton. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh my goodness. Oh man. I, so you read a lot of memoirs. I've only read one. And then maybe like some short memoir samples in like a creative oh, really? writing class. Yeah. Oh, wow. Not really my thing. Like I have to, if, if I'm going to read a memoir, I need to be like invested in that person already. Yeah. Right. So like I read Dave Grohl's memoir because I love Dave Grohl's music. Okay. And I think he's hilarious. And so I knew that memoir was going to be freaking hilarious. Well- so I've, so I'm, I mean, obviously I'm a fan of Dave Grohl. Who isn't? He's a fantastic person. I'm not a huge like fan of Foo Fighters or Nirvana or anything. <gasps> You've shut your um, poor mouth. I mean, I'm, I don't dislike them. I just they, like, sounds they never, like you do. It sounds they, like they you do. They just never clicked with me. <laughs> so I didn't listen to them a lot, but I've had a lot of people, a lot of friends suggest specifically Dave Grohl's memoir, even, it's, even it's like not being, you know, a super fan. Uh, I've heard it's it's very, very good. Yeah, I mean, you can tell with some of it that he's not like a professional writer. And he did have mm-hmm. someone help him to write it. But I but I like that. I like seeing right. the person it's, it's a come alive wrong. on page. Right. Um, but it's, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way to be like, oh, the writing's terrible. It's, yeah, it's just written the way you would talk, which is it's authentic. Fine. Yeah, it's authentic and it's vernacular. Yes. Um, but, I mean, just reading that book about how he goes from a guy who is starving in London and then starving in Southern California and lives because he miraculously finds a can of beans that he couldn't find before kind of thing, mm. living on dollar hot dogs for a week kind of stuff, yeah. to Sir Paul McCartney's playing his piano in his house because they had a dinner evening together and went yeah. back to his place for after drinks like no it, that's very much <laughs> how i felt with uh patrick stewart's memoir he um i mean he grew up a very uh very poor in, in a very poor household um you know his father was a, a regimental sergeant major in the uh uh the british army um basically from what i could tell kind of just supported his family off of his military pension. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his mother worked as a, as a uh, mill worker in a textile mill. So, you know, not an affluent household, you know, shoot to like, I think he was, you know, 23 and Paul McCartney is tossing him the keys to his Aston Martin DB four uh, and being like, Hey, you want to go for a ride? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which is uh. like, you know, to a to meet paul mccartney or to drive an aston martin db4 uh, or no sorry it was it was uh 
Patrick Stewart's, Patrick Stewart's favorite car was the DB4, and Paul McCartney had a DB5. So DB5 is the one that James Bond made super famous. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's that's just insane, insane mm-hmm. life stories. I yeah. know, but here's the real question then. This, this could be our first debate of the night. Um, Kirk or Picard? Picard. Or there's a new series, Pike. Uh, well, so Pike actually, uh, Pike was the original captain in the original series. Right. The pilot episode, um, which didn't air until much later, but the pilot episode was Pike. Uh, and then they came back, um, I think it's in maybe the second season of the original series. They actually used the, f- the footage from that original pilot uh and pike came back as uh being uh basically like a quadriplegic um and they used the original actor uh in that um but for me absolutely picard uh picard is the better man he's the better captain the only area that kirk would beat him in is just physical combat which even then i think is up for debate but uh, in terms of who who do I want captaining my ship, mm-hmm. uh, Picard, hands down, 100%. See, I think of it like, I mean, I, I think I would agree that if I were to be on a spaceship, I would want Jean-Luc Picard as my captain. Yeah. However. And that's not to say that Kirk is not a good captain or a great captain. Uh, he, is, he makes some sketchy decisions. Um, so does Picard, though, but <laughs> not in the same way. Yeah. Um, um, I look at Picard as kind of like the United States today, right? The United States today is an established society. We have a very strict mm-hmm. regimen of what to do, how to handle things. Kirk is earlier on, so things are still kind of getting figured out. So it's Kirk, like is, when... Kirk is 1950s America in right, your analogy. Right. So if you compare yeah. it to like the military, Right. You have the military today where everything is very straightforward, very strict, exactly how you do it. You compare it to the military in like World War One, where they were just like, shoot the Germans, uh, whatever yeah. you do outside of that. Just keep I your guess... head below the trench. Right, right. It's a little bit more pioneering versus sure. the refined Picard. And you could throw in there's like some argument about manliness and masculinity, but... Well, I, I mean, I do think that that's, uh, that's something I've been reflecting on a lot because I think Kirk whoa, 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 whoa. is, you have been reflecting a lot on the masculinity and manliness of Kirk versus Picard. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure yeah. that we're on the same page. We understand. <laughs> I spend my time very differently. That's all. That's all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> you have young, you have young, uh, the young minds of America to mold. Let me let me rephrase. I let me rephrase it. Do then. not. I spend... I put hot beans or I put beans in a hot drum, and let them spin around for a while. And let me, let me that's rephrase it. it. I spend my alone philosophizing time very differently. Mm. Than... <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but no, I mean, I think Kirk is much more the classically masculine, rough and tumble. Yeah, the John you know, Wayne guy. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Gene Roddenberry 
initially his concept for the original series was a space Western. Okay. Um, yeah. And they, and, and I, I do think that, um, William Shatner, uh, I think, think he had a I, I know he had a career you know in acting before that he was in one of my favorite episodes of the the twilight zone but he yeah. also had you know a fairly pr- prolific uh career in westerns up until that point um and i think okay. he portrays that kind of you know white hat uh uh sheriff role very well um the thing I think uh, the thing with Picard though, is I, I've been watching the next generation literally my entire life. It started in 1987. I was born in, you know, 1993. Um, but my, you know, my parents were watching it all growing up, uh, even, you know, well after the show had ended and we were just doing reruns. Um, the I attribute a lot of my sense of like what it is to be a man to John Luke Picard and particularly as Patrick Stewart portrayed him being, you know, a steadfast, uh, confident person, but empathetic, sensitive, thoughtful, um, you know, somebody who appreciates art and beauty while still being, you know, very classically strong male, male figure. Um, and it was just, it was very interesting to hear, uh, you know, Patrick Stewart's life and the things that contributed to that portrayal of a captain and, and everything. And And it really, what I came away from it with is that, um, I really, really identify with, uh, with Patrick Stewart, uh, the person and a lot of Patrick Stewart, the person went into Jean-Luc Picard, the character, which is why I also, you know, why I resonate so much with, with Picard's character. See, in my masculinity, I think is much more in touch with William Riker. Because I too like to put See, my feet on things. That's what I things. thought before. I mean, the beard, like well, well I, and well, I play trombone. He played trombone he too. No, but it's because when I walk into a room, I like to put my one foot up on something, and I I can't sit in seats normally. I have to go around the. Do you know why he? Do you know why he did that? <laughs> no, I don't. He had actually, a, he had a back injury, and so he literally he could not sit down in <laughs> seats any <laughs> wow. other way. And so, and because he's tall, he's like six four. Or yeah, something. he's huge. Yeah, Jonathan Frakes is, is on, a massive person. That is the feedback that I get from most of my friends who themselves are are uh, fairly left-leaning. Um, a lot of them are very surprised that you call yourself uh, not, uh, not a leftist. I mean, people on the left don't use the term leftist because it sounds dumb, but uh, a lot of my friends are very surprised that you don't consider yourself uh, left-leaning. Based uh, on based on what you have you have espoused in this podcast, so let's be clear on where which I, I which I tend to agree on. Let's let's be very clear on how I differ with the left on some very key. I think you're a closet issues. Democrat, Cameron. Spending, I do not think the government should be spending nearly as much money as it should on nearly as many things yeah. as it should. I think taxation is way out of control. Um, 
I think that uh, the pro-life, pro, uh, pro-life, pro-choice debate, I am vehemently pro-life. Right. There, there, there are some exceptions that I would make that I think are common sense exceptions, but vehemently pro-life. Um, now, is that, but is that personally or politically? Both. Okay. Both. I am personally pro-life, and I think that, I, th- I think abortion, especially late-term abortion or mid-term abortion, is killing a child, killing a human being. Which is very few of the abortions that are happening, but still different different topic i would would extend that to all abortions Um, certainly yeah but um so definitely that um a lot of social issues i i think the left has the right idea but they execute them poorly yeah um i can i can i can agree with some of that in fact but and then a lot of their rhetoric highly disagree with um, a lot of the left, their stances on um, LGBTQIA stuff, I think it's fine that we allow people to live their lives and marry who they want, but mm-hmm. I think they're pushing it way too much. Interesting. Right. I won't comment any further on that because <laughs> we'll get into a much longer conversation, yeah. but interesting. Um, I would say if I were to give myself any label... I would say I am closest to libertarianism, which has a lot of left views and has a lot of right views. But I feel like it has the I I also feel like libertarianism has a lot of both sides views, mm -hmm. but I think it has a lot of the worst views of both parts, which is also why I am (laughs) hesitant to call myself libertarian. The. If I if the term wasn't adopted by the left or by any other political group for another reason, I would call myself pro-choice, not in the sense of abortion, but in the sense of I but, feel like yeah. you should have the ability to exercise your agency without the government stepping in on the majority well, I mean, of that, things. That is essentially what libertarian libertarianism is. Right, but there's libertarianism and there's the libertarian party, and yes. I don't like the party. I'm okay with the theory. Yeah. So. I I do not call myself a leftist, but I will gladly say that there are some things that I think the left gets right or gets correct. I I think that you are more left-leaning than your average right-leaning person. Yes. I like to say that I'm in the middle. You're not in the middle. You're definitely not in the middle. I I, I would say that I lean more to the right mostly because of fiscal issues and some of my personal religious beliefs and how those affect my political beliefs. But you also don't tend to, in terms of your ideology, and that's and, and I'm saying that to separate it from how you vote. Sure. In terms of your ideology and how you think things should be run, you don't te- typically allow, from my point of view, allow your religious point point of view to sway you. It depends. You, you it depends do make a separation. Are. I I mean, it depends on what the issues are at hand. You know, I live in Indiana where abortion is just not really a big topic of conversation because outside of outside of South Bend and Indianapolis and Bloomington, which are the three blue, majorly blue cities in the state, Mm -hmm. everybody else is just kind of like, yeah, we're all on the same page. Abortion equals bad. 
Um, so well, it's just not, it's not really a topic. They're on the same page, but look at the numbers of people getting abortions. That's, and I think you and might be surprised. I think you're right. I think those are two separate issues. But what I'm trying to say is some things where I live just don't really come up, you right. know? And so I, I think, I think like, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you vote for, you know, to not allow abortion, but you're not going to be up in arms if the state itself, you know, doesn't ban it. I think you're going to be thinking about other issues. Right. If I had to vote today, if, if I got my ballot today, the way things have been going on in my local elections and national elections, I would vote for a Democrat mayor in my town. Okay. A Republican governor and probably a Republican nomination for president. Okay. And there's different reasons for all of them. That's not super surprising. Right. But I've got different reasons for all of them. The mayor, it's because he's actually walking around trying to talk to people and get to know people. Right. The Republican candidate, because our current incumbent mayor is stepping down. um, He's just really old. The Republican candidate, I've never seen him anywhere. I've just seen a few of his signs. Democratic candidate, he was at a festival that we had on Main Street, walking around, talking to people, introducing himself. Um, other Democratic city council members have been walking around, canvassing, like knocking on doors, introducing right. they're themselves. Not, they're not just resting on their laurels. Exactly. They're, they're engaging. They're being part of the community. Right. And even if I disagree with someone, I like the fact that they're trying to serve the community. Because at the end of the day, that's what local politicians are for. They're here to serve the community. And I don't think you can do that if you don't talk to the community. Certainly. That yeah. being said. Can't, can't disagree with that. That being said, the Democrats that run for governor out here are crazy. They 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 run on a platform that cannot win in the state. Um, yeah. And the Republican candidates that we have for governor are typically pretty moderate. Um, not necessarily in the sense that they're centrist but in the sense that they're not like the crazy republican governors i mean mike pence very traditional conservative very such an easy bar to meet though to not just be a crazy republican fair um yeah so we could keep talking but it's time to go so why don't you do it because i gotta get to bed why don't you do our Uh, outro okay well thank you uh first of all to all of our listeners uh please if you enjoy what we're doing or if you're just uh, if you just enjoy us um, and would like to support us, please uh, like, subscribe, do all that fun stuff on you know Spotify, YouTube, wherever you find us. Uh, also, thank you to House Young Club for letting us use their song "This Life Is Tough But Fair" as our intro and outro music. Um, you can find that on their EP "Headset Emotions." And Cameron, I believe you have a fun fact for us. Our fun fact for the week is that I want all of you to remember that the empire state building has its own zip code. Does it really? It does. I did not know that. I wish I had known that when I was there. Uh, it is quite a large building, but yeah. I didn't realize it had its the own one building zip code. Has its own zip code. That's that crazy. reminds me of your mom joke. What a life, what a life.